Amen. Isn't the Lord good to us? Amen. That first time I preached in Mendenhall for Brother Robbins, he, years later, uh, we had that check, the canceled check that then been run through the bank framed and uh, with, uh, I think it was my local license that uh, was there and the license and then that check, my first check to get paid. Brother Robin said, well, you ought to just frame the check. And uh, I told him, I said, I needed that that $100. Amen. It was $100. And uh, <clears throat> that was good pay back then. And uh, sometimes it's still good pay. Amen. And, um, but uh, he said, no, I'd have gave you the check back and, uh, if you'd asked for it. Should have done that, amen. But uh, I was just so excited to get to preach, much less getting paid for it, amen. I'd have, I'd have paid some folks to let me preach back then, amen. And uh, tonight, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I, I feel kind of like a, a mutual friend. Brother Robbins and ours, uh, Brother Thompson. Years ago, he had a young man and um, to call him and say, Brother Thompson, I've got a word for your church. And uh, he said, you, you've heard from God? He said, I have. I've got a word. And he told him, he said, well, hey, you come preach. You know, come preach that word. And uh, so the guy came on a Sunday night. And um, I saw Brother Thompson that following Monday. We was eating lunch, and he was just furious. He was mad. He said, you won't believe what that guy did. I said, well, what? He said, he called me, and he said he had a word from the Lord for me, for the church, and said he got up there and said, church, something good, or something bad is about to happen. Brother Damon, he was right. I mean, hey, the guy was 100% right. I told Brother Thompson, I said, you're, you're just being silly. The guy gave you a word from the Lord. How much more specific could you want? Well, tonight I feel like something good or something bad is about to happen. The good would be if God just moves in. The bad would be if God don't give me any more than what he's already gave me. Amen. But I appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight. Love Amen. This church, amen, love Brother Robbins and uh, getting to know the new Sister Robbins and her family. I'm going to tell you, I can tell, you can tell a lot about somebody by their children. And uh, should I finish that? <laughs> he probably wouldn't. I like him. <laughs> 
Amen. I have enjoyed being around Brother and Sister Aker so much. Amen. I always enjoy uh, seeing Demon and Lacey. I mean, Damon and Lacey. Amen. And uh, Brittany and Bradley. Amen. I love this family. Amen. They're just an extension, amen, of our family. And we're so very thankful for them. Amen. Thankful to see, amen, I, I watch Aniston and saw her uh, just at different times just worshiping the Lord and uh, see her on the on videos ever so often and uh, Brother Robin's a call and he's so proud and not just of Aniston but all of his grandchildren and uh, I'm just I'm, I'm very thankful for what God is doing at Apostolic Life Amen I want to direct your attention to the book of 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter. The 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter. Amen. Verse 14. Um, a very short portion of Scripture. The Word of God tells us, And David danced before the Lord with all his might goes on to say that he was girded with the linen ephod just a, a simple garment and had taken off his royal kingly garments and just abased himself to just be a worshiper before the Lord amen I'm going to preach to you simply dance David dance amen there's things that come along in our life that we really don't know what to do, how to handle challenges, situations that come in. Amen. But one of the things, David, a man after God's own heart, a man that was not perfect, a man that made many, many mistakes and many failures, a man in his life, but he, he was a man that always got his worship right. Amen. And that matters. Amen. You're not going to be perfect in living for God. You're going to fail God. Amen. I don't care who you are from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Amen. There's going to be something, amen, in your life that hinders you. Amen. And we have to learn how to get up again. Amen. How to pick ourselves up. Amen. And just walk with the Lord. Amen. So tonight if you would, for a few moments to help me to preach. Amen. I want us to pray together and ask the Lord just to move and minister. Amen. In a mighty way in this house tonight. Lord Jesus, we come to you so very thankful for you that we could reach to you. Thankful, dear God, that you are the almighty God. You're the one that's in control. You're the first and you're the last, Lord. And we're thankful for you, dear God. I pray, Lord, your anointing, number one, Lord, up on myself. I need your help, God, that you would minister. But, God, to minister to your people, dear God. You see every need, God. You see every situation, God. You see every person that walked into this place tonight, dear God. I pray that your word would move and minister, God, in a mighty way that you would reach down and just touch, dear God, to speak, Lord, as only you can, that your voice, dear God, 
would be heard, God. Lord, that you would speak to circumstances, God, situations in life, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, dear God. God, that you would be that very present help in a time of trouble, that comforter, dear God, that we know that you are. I magnify you, dear God. I glorify you, and I'm thankful for you, Lord. Lord, and I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Amen. God bless you as you are being seated tonight. Amen. I'm so glad to have my beautiful wife with me tonight. Amen. Brother Robbins told me she's my favorite singer earlier. Amen. And uh, and I, I thought, well, she's my favorite singer, and that matters more. Amen. And uh, they probably did elect her more than me. Amen at Monticello, at least according to Bishop Hilton. Uh, he, he, he's he got a picture of a mule in his office, a donkey. And I, I told him, I said, you really got faith, amen, that, you, that I'm going to get elected. This was right before the election. I said, you've already got a picture of me hanging in the office. And uh, he said, I'm going to put that out there. And I said, you better not. I said, because if you put that picture out there and tell them that's the incoming pit, uh, pastor, I'm going to take a picture of the other side of the mule, and I'm going to say, well, that's the outgoing pastor. So, uh, amen. So I, I got him in a, between a, a rot and a hard place there. Amen. You know, there are things that happen in life that is beyond our control many, many times. And many times that we think about changing things in our life, and a lot of times our first thought is we would change our latitude or our, our, our position in life, where we're at, our location in life, but that's not always possible. Uh, too many times in life the, the flesh would answer that it's time just to pick up and run, to move and uh, go somewhere else to make it easier and uh, just to start all over again. But I have found that uh, normally that when I get somewhere else, I'm normally facing the same things that I just left. So changes in latitude is not always in, uh, always possible. But we, if we can change our attitude, amen, if we can change our attitude, we can change our altitude of life, amen. We can't control what happens in our life, but we can control how we respond to it, amen, or react to it, amen. And we don't want to be reactors. We want to be responders, amen. I tell the church often that uh, reaction is, uh, that that's emotional. That's something that you're going to regret. That's saying the first thing that pops in your mind. That's saying and acting upon the emotion that you feel at a, uh, at a circumstance in life. You react to that and you always regret reaction because hell is reactionary. Amen. 
But if you can learn to respond, response is thought out. That's knowledge. Uh, response is not always immediate. Amen. It, it's, it's all right to take a deep breath. It's all right to seek the voice of the Lord. Amen. To say, I don't have an answer right now, but I'll get back with you with an answer. Amen. Response is knowledgeable. And heaven is responsive. Amen. What we get caught up in is we get focused on the reaction of hell because hell begins to react to what heaven is responding to in our life. Amen. And we get our attention on the thing that's making the most noise. Amen. Uh, you know, it's not the one that gets the loudest that wins the argument, but that somehow that that. That just seems to be the ploy uh, of life. Amen. I can get more volume. I can get louder. I can throw the temper tantrum. And, uh, and, and all that is is to try to embarrass you into silence. Amen. It, it, it's like the child that falls out in the grocery store and screams and hollers and keeps until he gets his way. And finally, mom and dad or somebody buys the kid whatever it wants just to shut it up. Amen. Uh, and, and they win. They get their way. They got louder. Amen. That's the way the devil is. He thinks he can get louder. Amen. He thinks the, he can be a Goliath in our life that he comes out. Amen. Tells the men of Israel, send me a man. Amen. I want one man to come and fight me. Look how, look how big I am. Look how great I am. And all of these things. Amen. Not realizing, amen, that heaven is the one that's in control. Amen. That's why God used a little lad, used David, just a lad. Amen. Uh, 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 a shepherd's boy didn't have the modern weapons of warfare, but what he had, he had a trust and he had a faith in God. Amen. He went down to the brook, got him five smooth stones, and said, this is all I need. He said, Goliath, you can come against me and then, uh, with a sword, a shield, with all the modern weapons, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Amen. What's David saying? I'm not reacting. Everybody else is reacting. They're hiding. I'm responding. I'm responding with what works, amen, in my life, amen. And, and so we get caught up in what hell begins to uh, react in our life to what heaven is doing. Now, you got to catch that, amen. Heaven begins to respond to our prayers, amen. Heaven begins to respond to a cry of revival, a cry of harvest, a cry of growth. And growth is never easy. Growth is never convenient, amen. You look at these things. It, it, it takes when you have uh, when you have a, a newborn in the house. It, it's not that's not easy. They anybody remember what it's like to have a newborn in the house? I remember my first real experience with a newborn. My sister and my brother-in-law, they had their my first niece. And somehow or another, they thought it was all right for them to move back to mom and dad's house where I was living with this noisemaker that didn't shut up. It was very inconvenient. The thing wouldn't, 
you couldn't make it happy. You'd feed it. Then then it cried because something else was wrong. And, and it just it was a disruption to the whole house. And uh, I asked them, I said, is this y'all's plan every time y'all y'all have children, y'all going to come back? So finally I got old enough. I said, okay, y'all come here. I'm going to y'all's house for a while. I, I'm going to move out and go over there. Y'all can stay here, and that will be all right. Amen. It's not convenient. Amen. I want to tell you something. Church growth, you know this, is not convenient. Amen. It, it's, not, it's not easy. Amen. Because changes have to be made. Amen. But hell, we began to pray for it, and hell begins to react, and he begins to fight us. Amen. And, and you understand, hell's not giving up his territory easily. Amen. Hell is not going to give ground, amen, to anything that it has. Amen. And so we got to learn to fight for that. We got to learn that I'm not going to focus on what hell's doing. Amen. But I'm going to try to get a hold to what heaven is responding to, and I'm going to respond to heaven. Amen. If we can catch that, amen, it will help us tremendously. Amen. We got to quit reacting in our life. Amen. And quit focusing, amen, on, on the, the hardship, if you would. You find that Paul, amen, he said it like this in, in Philippians 4 and 11, not that I speak in respect to want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed to both uh, to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he makes a powerful statement. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. He said, I, I, I'm, it's not about me. Amen. But I can do it through him. Amen. It's all about him. It's not about what I'm going through. Amen. Because I've learned something. Amen. What Paul is saying, I'm not going to let my circumstance to define me, but I'm going to let my relationship with the Lord Jesus to define me. Amen. You see, there's too many times we let circumstances circumstance, amen, of our life, of our past to be that defining factor in our life because the enemy wants to hold you hostage to what you used to be, amen. I'm telling you, amen, but God is wanting to set you free from what you used to be, amen. But the enemy says, if I can hold you here, amen, if I can get enough people talking about it, amen, I can bind you to this place, amen, to what you're never in intended to be, amen, but we get used to living in that place, amen, but heaven says, I want to set you free from that, I want to bring you out from that, amen, and I'm telling you, you got a God that is able to bring you out, amen, you got a God that is able to change your circumstance, amen, but we got to quit listening to the voice of hell. Amen. You are worthy. Amen. To say you're not is an insult to the King of Kings because he died for you. Amen. I, Sister Aker said, you know, she, she knows how to, about being a, 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 an illustration in sermons. Grew up in a pastor's home and 
preacher's wife and all of that, but my wife asks me all the time, does, does this dress make me look? I've learned a few things in 28 years of marriage. But in all honesty, she's just as beautiful to me today as what she was 28 or 28 plus years ago. And, and I tell her, you're, you're beautiful. You look fine. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you, you know, don't worry about that. And, and, and she, she oh, I, I'm gaining weight or I'm doing this. And it uh, kind of makes me mad. I'm like, quit putting yourself down. I, I love you. And. and Think about that, and I, I, I use that. I wonder how many times God looks at us and says, you quit making excuses about yourself. I love you. I died for you. I want to help you. Amen. You know what? Yes, you failed. Yes, you messed up. Amen. We've all done that. We've all done things that we shouldn't have done. Amen. But I'm so thankful for example after example of the Word of God, of a God that reaches down further than what we can reach up. Amen. But the key is when we began to reach up, amen, he reaches down. Amen. He wants to help you. So don't believe the lie of hell that you can't change. Don't believe the lie of hell that you are held, amen, hostage into a place, amen, Paul said, I'm going to forget those things which are behind. I'm going to reach forth. Amen. He said, I'm going to press toward that mark. I'm letting go. Amen. I can't do anything about where I've been. I can't change about anything about my yesterday. Amen. But what I can do, amen, is I can press. I can reach. I can change where I'm at. Amen. And God's got greater things for you. Amen. God wants to work in your life. Amen. God wants to do more through you than what you can even imagine. There are world changers. Amen. In this place. Missionaries, preachers, pastors. Amen. Bible study teachers. Amen. Sunday school teachers. Amen. You have the potential to change your world. Amen. You may not see yourself as much now. Amen. But my friend, if you can learn, amen, that God is going to reach and touch where I'm at. Amen. I'm not going to stay bound by the enemy. I'm not going to just react to what he's doing, but I'm going to get a hold to heaven and I'm going to respond to him. God what are you doing in my life? These changes in my life. God, what are you doing and how do you want me to respond? Amen. Don't let your circumstances define you. Amen. You look, you find. Amen. So many times. Amen. The word of God moving and the word of God ministering. Amen. You find in Acts 16, amen, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Amen. That sounds awesome. You know, they must have been in an all-night prayer meeting. They must have been somewhere, amen, in the church somewhere, maybe in a Bible study, amen. But no, they were locked fast in a jail cell, amen. They were bound up. Amen. And at midnight, in their dark hour, 
they prayed and sang praises unto God. Amen. They lifted up their voices in a dark place. Amen. In a place that the enemy says you're bound up. You can't do anything now. Amen. What are you going to do about Jesus now? What are you going to say now? Amen. And they said, you know what? I'm just going to sing a little bit louder. Amen. I've got to drown out the voice of hell in my life and I'm going to get heaven's attention. I'm going to magnify him and worship him and I'm going to praise him. Amen. And they began to sing and praise. Amen. And when they did that, there was a great earthquake. Amen. The foundations of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open. All the doors were open. All. Amen. I'm telling you, you might be a prayer meeting away from having the door open in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been wanting a door to open. Maybe you need a prayer meeting to get you the key to that door. Amen. You've tried to go around. You've tried to go in. Amen. You might need to just have you a prayer meeting and let God open the door. Hallelujah. Amen. And everyone's bands were loosened, not just theirs. Amen. That's the power of a praying church. Amen. That's the power. Amen. When the enemy says he has you bound up, amen, the power of God is loosened. Amen. When we loosen our tongue and worship and magnify him, amen, you can say all you want to. Well, my circumstance defines me. I'm in a bad place. Amen. You can't tell me you're in any worse place than what they were. But for the example, when they lifted up their voice, amen, you see what God was doing, amen. He was making a way, amen, for the gospel to be shed, amen. There was a prisoner or there was a prisoner, a keeper, a jailer, amen, that needed to hear the word of God. And the only way that the word could get there is they've got to get in there, amen. God puts you in places in dark places so you can be the light. Think about it. You're the light of the world. Where do you need light at? We all, it's fairly bright in here. If I drop my keys up here and I ran, got my, my phone and turn my light on and what are you doing brother Gibbons I, I dropped my keys well they're right there you don't have to have flashlight we got light here brother Robbins bring your phone over and help me look get a flashlight well they're, 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 they're right there wouldn't make a lot of sense but how many times have you stumbled in the dark and had to get the flashlight and you know what amazing thing is about light in the dark? Draws people. Draws people. And so God says, I need to use you to put you in a dark place. I got to put you somewhere where the light can be drawn. And so I don't need you sitting in that prison cell singing, woe is me. 
because you're there for a purpose. You understand the child of God. God leads us and guides us for a purpose. Amen. You think all the devil's wrecking havoc in my life. The devil ain't got nothing to do with it. We give the guy too much credit. Now, he's a good devil. He's very good at his job. He does it with excellence. I remember one time I was preaching at Landmark and I made a bold statement. I said, I want the devil to know who I am. He knows Paul. He knows Jesus. I want him to know me. You can ask my wife. That started a time period of about three or four months of one of the worst seasons of our life. I mean, and, and I really, you know, I there's only one devil. He can be only one place. But I think he heard me. And I'm telling you, things started happening that was just awful. And just just things out of the ordinary. Had a had a had a an eighteen wheeler, a log truck just run us off the road three times. Now, we're not going to say why he run me off the road three times. What was the idiot doing trying to pass him three times? But I, you know, the first time I thought, well, he's, I don't know what's going on, but maybe he just didn't see me. But three times he put us in the ditch. Then I just got mad and got determined. I'm going around you whether you want me to or not. And so, After about three or four months of that, I was down praying. I said, Lord, what is going on? And it was almost like the Lord just invited the, the devil in and said, you can come in and talk. And I felt, literally, I felt, I probably share, I know I shared this with Brother Robbins. I, I felt that, that presence come in. And, and I just, I heard that voice and he said, do you still want me to know your name? Now, I'll be honest with you. My first reaction was, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's all right. I didn't say it out loud. I thought it. He can't read my mind. But after a moment, I said, you better believe I want you to know who I am. I want to make a mark on your kingdom. Amen. I'm tired of you hurting and destroying, stealing, killing, and destroying people. Amen. When we got a God that has come to give life and life more abundantly. Yes, I want you to know who I am. And my friend, that ought to be the cry of every apostolic. Amen. That I want to be known. Amen. As a kingdom builder. Amen. But God's got to put us in places to build the kingdom. God's got to put us in places, amen, that he can work in our life. 
So don't let the enemy steal your praise. Don't let the enemy steal your worship. Amen. There's got to be something that rises up within us. Amen. That we're not focused on circumstance, but we're focused on him. Amen. That we're not focused on the situation, but we're focused on the deliverer. Amen. Of what God is doing in our life. Praise always precedes a move of God. Always. Amen. So when you get into a place, when you get into a situation in life, amen, quit looking at the wrong thing. Amen. Quit looking at what hell's doing. Amen. Quit when when when, when there's problems just out of the ordinary. There, there's life that happens, but then there's things that just happen that's out of the ordinary. Quit focusing on that because all hell's trying to do is get a sleight of hand reaction out of you. Look at what I'm doing over here because he wants you to miss what heaven's doing. Amen. If all you're doing is focused on this and the trouble and the problem, you're missing the promise. Amen. The promise is greater than the problem. Amen. Amen. And so you, we got to learn to focus on the promise, amen, of God, of what God's going to do. Lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your strength. Amen. You got to lift up your eyes a little bit. Amen. You got to look to the heavens to what God is wanting to do in your life. Amen. And I'm telling you, amen, it ain't always just a change, amen, of the latitude. It's not always a physical change, amen, that God is wanting to make in your life, but it's that change of the that attitude, amen, that you can say that God's got this. And no matter the circumstance I'm in, no matter the situation I'm in, I'm going to be faithful to God, amen. There's going to be a faithfulness, amen, that I'm going to cry out to him and I'm going to worship him. Luke 17, you find that the Lord made his way into a certain village and there met him ten lepers. Ten men that were lepers, and they stood afar off. They lifted up their voices, and they cried unto him and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And he came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. I was reading a book recently, and it talked about leprosy and the misnomers of that, that people would think that you could get it by touch and so that that that's really not the the case of that but he said the one thing that this man worked with lepers he said the the number one thing that leprosy does brother robbins is it robs you of human touch said it would finally get to the place that you could touch them and they wouldn't feel it because of the nerves and all of that but said in working with them, said many, many times that they would, they would look at, at, at this man and with tears running down their face, they say, I miss the touch. I can't touch my loved ones. People push me away. And so I can only imagine the agonizing effect that this had on these men and Jesus simply 
when he saw them and they spoke that, he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. The Bible says as they went, they were cleansed. There's no great word there. There's no, really, there's, there's no promise in, in what we can pick out. The, the Bible just says that, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Go. They took the word of God in their circumstance. And they acted in obedience. They got a word from the master. You see, sometimes church, the word of God, it comes in, I don't want to say a disguise because it's not, it's plain, but it comes in a simple act, an act of obedience. And these men, they could have sat there and said, you... Why, why go show myself to a priest? I've got leprosy. Why, why, why do that? I, I got these problems. Why? And they could have talked themselves out of their promise. They could have sat there and discussed it, reasoned it out of what God was wanting to do in their life. When the Lord simply said, go they got up from where they were at didn't know what was going to happen didn't really know what would happen when they got there might have been a painful walk a gate I, I don't know exactly what condition they were in the Bible don't give us insight to that but the Bible says as they went as they were obedient. As you grow in God, God's going to begin to do some things in your life. As you're obedient, as you begin to move in God. Amen. Some things, they, it don't make a lot of sense, but you do it out of obedience. And, and God begins to move. And as they went, they were cleansed. Nine went on and they went to show themselves to the priest. But one, he turned back. He saw that he was cleansed and he glorified God with a loud voice and he worshiped him. He fell at his feet. The Lord makes a powerful observation about where are the nine and there, 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 there was, you know, there was ten, but where are the nine? And he said, There's not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. There's a difference between cleansing and being made whole. I feel like the Lord has just brought me here tonight to simply tell somebody you've been focused on the wrong thing. You've been reacting to the wrong thing hell is trying to fight you to keep you distracted from heaven what heaven wants to do in your life 
And what God is speaking is a word of obedience that is so simple that it don't even sound like it would work. It's just too simple. But as you do what God is asking you to do, and, and I might be so far off base, but as you do what God is asking you to do, you're going to find the healing power of God is going to wash over your life. It, it may not just be a physical sickness, but there's something, amen, that God is wanting to restore back to your life. Amen. But you've got to be obedient to Him. Amen. You see, we all get it wrong sometimes. Our, my text, David, is finally getting something back right. The ark, he tried to move it, and he tried wrong. He, he, he put it on a cart and wasn't supposed to be done that way, and it, was a, it, it caused some problems and some situations. But finally, when David got it right, and they're moving back, God, God didn't say, I'm not moving because you got it wrong. God's not saying, uh, you, you messed up back over here, so I'm not going to do anything with this. God said, you got it right. I'm going to work in your life. And David began to dance before the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord.